Hi there, and a very warm welcome to episode 5 of People Soup. It's Ross McIntosh here. This week's episode is called Orienteering at Work. To kick off, I've got a couple of reviews of the podcast, and then my topic is talking about how we can explore what's important to us about how we are at work, and then use these qualities as our inner compass as we navigate through events, situations, and relationships. I'm very excited to share a couple of reviews with you. One listener said she likes the length of the podcast and finds it easy for, to fit them into her day. She said she tends to listen to them as she's getting ready for work. Another said, and I quote, I'm loving the podcast, the honesty, the simplicity and the science. I think it was such a great idea to do. You are in my top two podcasts at the moment, rivaling The Guilty Feminist, which is quite a feat. Well, I'm privileged, A, to get that feedback, and B, to be in such auspicious company. And I'm always keen to hear from listeners. So if you do have reviews, stories, or requests for future episodes, please do drop me a line. You can contact me at peoplesoup.pod at gmail.com or at rossmccoach on Twitter. Right, down to business. Let's talk about orienteering at work. My specialism as a psychologist practitioner is the application of acceptance and commitment therapy, known as ACT, in a workplace setting. I use the principles of ACT with both groups and individuals and in most areas of my work. In ACT, a core part of the approach is spent exploring the concept of personal values and how we can use them as a beacon for our behaviour. We know that as humans, if we're doing things that matter to us, it increases our well-being and life satisfaction. The way we describe personal values is through the following definition. The personal qualities we most want to express in our daily behaviour. Now let's just unpack that for a moment. So it's personal qualities, so it's things that are important to us, that matter to us. And we want to express them in our behaviour, because otherwise it's just a, perhaps a word or a thought. But it's important that we want to express these and then the last one is in our daily behaviour, so there's some frequency about this. In my training and coaching, I'm regularly blown away by examples that people share of when they've been willing to take action in the service of their personal values, even when their mind is producing unpleasant or unhelpful content, like thoughts, emotions, memories and urges. You might remember these from episode 2, where I described the passengers on the bus. I really believe in the utility of values in our lives, and this isn't limited to the workplace. We might have some values that are a rich scene that run through our whole lives. Other values may become more prominent as we move through different life stages. And we'll most likely have different values in different areas of life. In our training, we often break life down into different areas. We use four areas, typically. Work and career, health, leisure and relationships. It's a useful exercise to explore what values or qualities of behaviour are important to us in each of those areas. And then values can also be useful in thinking about how we want to be in relation to specific events, for example, a big interview, an important presentation, or a big family social event. In any of these situations, I find it useful to reflect in advance and think about how I want to be. What matters to me about each of these scenarios or events? And what could I use as a beacon to guide my actions or behaviour? This is like orienteering. We consider what's important, what matters, 
on what could be useful qualities and then we use them as a guide to give us direction. For me this provides a great focus for my behaviour. It's like I've noticed that there is a choice for me in how I am in relation to different events in life and at work. In trying to express these qualities I certainly don't always nail my actions or behaviour, but by being more aware of them and trying to keep them in a prominent position I've got more of a chance of expressing them. I know that those qualities are always there and available for me to reconnect with. I imagine my values to be like a graphic equaliser on an old-fashioned hi-fi, with each slider relating to a different value. This represents the flexibility of my values in different contexts as they rise and fall in prominence depending on what's going on. What happens sometimes in organisations is that I find people are a bit values-weary. They often recap various levels of organisational values, from the overarching organisation, then their sub-organisation, and maybe even their team has a different set of values. It would kind of be a full-time job just trying to remember them all. Personally, I think values for an organisation or a team can be really useful. They can be used to start difficult conversations or set expectations of group behaviour. But what I'm suggesting is much more personal. That is, considering what really matters for you in those different life areas, and then translating them into action. A key message here. The size of the action is unimportant. I would typically recommend small. You'll be getting used to that message if you've listened to other episodes of the podcast. Some people say, what if my personal values don't align with the organisation's values? And I guess this can happen. Perhaps if you work for a company that sells a product or develops policies that you disagree with at an ethical or moral level. However, generally I would say that there might be a small way to express your own personal values in an organisation. Let me give you an example. In my work this year, I'm really considering how I want to be and what qualities I want to bring to my behaviour as my freelance career evolves. Two of the qualities or, or values I arrived at were connection and humanity. Now, I spent some time considering what these mean to me. And I'm still reflecting on it, but ultimately I'm quite shy and I can avoid some new situations, particularly social situations and events. But I'm also really keen to normalise the experience of being a human in the workplace and beyond. And for me, this podcast is a way of expressing both of those qualities. Another area I'm working on is in my office-based roles. I know I have a tendency to hide behind emails. It's easier to craft an email and send it to a colleague rather than go and talk to them or pick up the phone. I'm not as extreme as a former colleague of mine years ago who sat opposite me and used to send me emails from approximately one metre away when we were both actually sitting in the office. I used to phone him back, partly for the comedy value, but also to try and illustrate how daft it was. But I do recognise that I quite often will send an email rather than walk up and down a floor or two or pick up the phone. So what's happening there? It's, it's, it's definitely within my comfort zone just to send an email. So one of the ways I'm working on expressing these values of connection and humanity is to adopt a default position of contacting people face-to-face -face or by telephone. I'll then consider whether it's appropriate for that situation. Let me give you a concrete example. I've recently been contacting new outlets for the fine art photography magazine produced by my husband, the Spanish photographer Manel Ortega. It's called Manola Magazine, and we knew that a bookstore in Berlin was interested, but they hadn't responded to our most recent emails. 
I found myself considering what I'd write in the next email when I remembered the qualities of connection and humanity. So I picked up the phone. My mind was producing a host of thoughts and alerts. What if they don't speak any English because my German is non-existent? What if I get all tongue-tied? What if they're not interested in the magazine and their non-response to the emails was their way of telling me? So what happened? I had a lovely conversation with a very helpful chap at the store. The result was they've ordered 10 magazines and we have a great new outlet. Think about if I'd sent the email, it's quite possible that I'd been frustrated by the absence of a reply and given up on them. By using the qualities of connection and humanity as a guide, I picked up the phone. Even though my heart was pounding and my stomach was turning somersaults, really, I was, I was really nervous. And I did stumble over my words too. My point is, I was doing something that mattered to me, even though my mind was producing lots of less than helpful content. So my takeaway is, it's really useful to pause and consider this question. What are the qualities I'd most like to express at work? And then, how can I bring these qualities to life in my behaviour? Of course, I'm going to say this again in a small way. Remember, small is not only beautiful, it's more likely to be achievable and sustainable. Now one last thing, if you're having a go at bringing the qualities to life in your behaviour, you'll most likely notice that you don't nail it every time. If you do notice this, try and afford yourself a bit of compassion. Know that you can reconnect with the qualities you're trying to express at any time, and you can have another go. And that's me done for this week. I'd love to hear how you get on, so please do get in touch at peoplesoup.pod at gmail.com or at Ross McCoach on Twitter. You can subscribe to my podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes and other podcast providers. That's all for now, so thanks again to Andy Glenn for the incidental music, and thanks very much to you for listening. I really appreciate it. Bye for now. <laughs>